The Last Time I Smoked is an independent entertainment podcast intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. My podcast is all about, let's talk about marijuana and your ideas on it and, and how do you feel about it. So, you know, blah, 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 fill in the blanks where yours is. Uh, so why do you do this thing that you do? And I yeah. hate that you do this thing. And But it's interesting because nobody asks these questions to each other. And that's what it kind of gives, you know your podcast a lot of credibility <laughs> like it's really well, i good. don't think this doesn't have credibility landon why no i'm saying this i'm saying this is fine too this is better this is a better way to meet people <laughs> it, recording them for uh exposure <laughs> yeah yeah like you can i can't ever have a celebrity on Welcome to The Last Time I Smoked, an introspective podcast of one person's life transitioning from pothead to sobriety. But why? Because I don't feel like a professional. I don't feel like a success. The idea of calling myself a failure is a difficult pill to swallow. However, if I continue to lie to myself about my character flaws, whose responsibility is it to check me? I'm sick of feeling guilty that I should be working harder. Who do I think I am, and what do I want? I don't know. Let me get back to you. Today's guest is Jake Cannon. I know Jake from the Karma Lounge open mic. We don't, I don't, he's the first person that I've ever interviewed that I don't really know like long term, which is cool. I like it. <laughs> it's fun. He's a sweet dude who does really great work on stage and he does an awesome podcast called What I Hate About You, which you need to go find and listen to my episode because I thought we did a really good job. <laughs> and I think he's a great interviewer. He's far, far better than me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Cannon. So how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing it three years. Three years. Very cool. Uh, but only two out in LA. You're from? Chino Hills, California. Oh my God. So you're home. You're LA. Yeah, this is it. Oh, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is I mean, L.A. is different than Chino Hills. It's very suburban. I used to work in Diamond Bar, actually. Yeah, that's that's more Chino Hills. Five, three years stand-up, one year in Chino, and now you're in the, the big leagues at the Karma Lounge. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that undercuts the big leagues a little bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How, how do you take the next step here? I have no idea. You keep doing what you're doing. Oh, okay. Cool. I, 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 like, from my personal experience, everything just develops by personal communication with other comedians, and people that call themselves comedians, and they're actually TV producers, and, and uh, they haven't got any work off the ground. But then oh, they meet you, and they've been inspired, and they found this. It's all this big connect. It's this big spider web, and you just hope you land in it. You know what I mean? Or you land in one of them, and you get picked up for something. And it's kind of lottery <laughs> but, it's like the simplest way I've ever heard it explained, but also that sounds still very hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they only improve over time. It, I think it depends on what you want. If you want to be really big, then the numbers are not good. But if you want, I mean, even a living, like I know people that I thought were very successful at stand up, and then I saw them driving just this beat up car i was like that guy does the largo all the time that's where i want to be why is he driving was that paul f tompkins no i'm kidding <laughs> no but 
<laughs> a little lower than Paul F. Tompkins, but still a very talented comedian that has. What, what, did, what did you expect? What would you? What I just want. I just like maybe like a new Prius, not like a Honda Civic '85 <laughs> that had like duct tape on it. Well, what about like if you see Seinfeld driving some hoopty and? Well, I think yeah, maybe maybe it was for style, but I don't think it was for style, <laughs> right? He, I'm all trying to take he wasn't w- picking up Amy Schumer right. to have a conversation at a really expensive coffee place. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was driving to a job. <laughs> has comedy been sort of? Uh, has it been eye-opening? Has it been? Has it changed your uh, opinion on why you're doing it over the course of how long you've been performing? I can't remember what book I, I read about it, but it had a really great opening about how they're talking about like people that say like, I'm doing comedy for other people. And they're like, no, you're just doing it for yourself. You just want people to listen to you. And like, they laugh and like, that's complimentary, but it's, honest. Just, it's, it's a power. You want the power dynamic. You want a bunch of people listening to you. You don't want to listen to them after the show. You don't go and sit and have a conversation with them. You, you will, but you'll be uncomfortable. How come? I think cause they're talking more and you've never met that person, but you talk for an hour. So they kind of feel like they know you. And you don't know anything about them. They just sat and watched you, and they think what you did was funny. But that doesn't mean you're friends. But, oh, you're talking about like an audience member. Yeah. Who they they re wow what he's saying really either connects with them. Like I I've talked about like suicide and stuff, and people will come up to me and be like, oh man, I, I went through something like that. I was like, I don't want to have this conversation. How come? I don't know why they'd tell me that. <laughs> like, I guess it's somebody to reach out to, but I'm like, oh man, I think I always worry that like people that will like me are going to be really fucked up. Do you know the comedian Dave Ross? Yeah. He's uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Ross actually just hit like the 5,000 uh, comedian or uh, comedian mark, uh, a likes or friends. He made, he made 5,000 friends on Facebook and his last uh, message out through Facebook was like, I'm fucking done with this. I don't have to do this shit anymore. I'm out because I guess, when you hit five thousand friends, does the messaging system change? Or like I, so oh, like, what happens is that you're not allowed to accept any more friends, right? So then, when people add you, they are just following your feed. So then it just turns into a fan page, essentially. And, yeah, and that's kind of the goal. Then is is that a career goal? Is like, uh, I mean, it's probably good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't allow everybody to, I don't accept all the requ- friend requests. Well, that I a get. lot of them are fake, right? So I go through those. But if somebody friends me, I'm, what do I care? As long as they're not going to talk to me all the time, right? I don't. Yeah, know. but then again, you can just walk away. You can just walk away. Can you? Because uh, yeah. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and that's 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 about a degree away from suicide with you. Oh well, huh? Let me think about that. I say that is like romantic. I say it romantically, right? Right. Uh, but I, I mean, I like this so much. Like, if, I think if I had to stop doing it, it would be tough for me to find something else. Sure. But I wouldn't. Like, <laughs> Do you have a lot of anxiety or, or? Yeah. Yeah. It comes out like on my beard, there's alopecia. There's like two dots, right? Where you lose hair? Yeah. And, but it, the rest of my hair is, is everywhere all over my body except for right and i had these two and that's from stress is that i lost hair in my beard what what do you do to to not be stressed what do you do uh, to relax i've been exercising hey but i don't i don't know if i like being really relaxed i like that i have a thing in my head that 
if I don't get a lot of mics in a day, then I, I'm mad at myself and I feel anxious. I think that's good. It's not great all the time because sometimes you do need to rest or at least work on something else. But I think if you're out here in Hollywood, you're not here to have fun. You're here to try to make it or that's what you tell people. And there's a lot of people who come here and say that, but then they're out every night partying instead of working on what they... Like there's so many people that just say, I'm a screenwriter. I'm like, okay, then show me something. And they're like, oh, well, you know, give me a couple weeks. No. To I, write one. <laughs> right. I want to I see your thing now, man. Like, show me what you do. And there's just so many people that, like, have opportunities. And I think especially in the comic community, like, you have a podcast. That's great. And you should keep doing it no matter what. You should never quit doing it. Because it's a thing you have outside of stand-up. Like, just doing open mics is useful to a point, but you have to have something else. But you start to grow those skills after two years of open mics. Now you got that under your belt, you know, a little bit more stage confidence, a little bit more better in your writing and, and, and you know, delivery, hopefully. Uh, and then you move on to other projects, I think. Yeah, it does. It's just years and years and years into something. You just... Yeah you really want to be the best at it. You got to pick it soon and just really nail it down. And like you say, go to your open mics, do that. But I think again, an evolution in a com uh, in a comedian's life from what I've seen is, uh, yeah, you just keep piling onto your portfolio by being in skits and then writing stuff and then being on open yeah. mics and trying to get onto Conan now or get a show. Do you, have you ever produced a show like at comedy store or anything? No, I have, I want nothing to do with producing a show. I just heard it. I hear it's miserable. It eats away at you. People message you for bookings that you don't know. And then you're like, yeah, that's my I don't know how Brendan Bonnie and um, uh, Jacob. Uh, wait, did I say that? Oh, right. Brendan Cooney. Brendan and, Cooney and, and, uh, and Jacob, Jacob Bunny. Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> that's a completely justifiable mistake that I did not think you could make. <laughs> but it like totally makes sense. They do have very similar names. Um, They've been doing this for how long now? And they're really good at producing, I think, uh, because they... They don't take the comics to heart. They're, they're always like really chill. Where you get to the other shows, nine comics, that's it. I don't want to hear it. We've got an hour show. We're done. You know, and these are open mics. They're not even real shows. Yeah. And to act like that. So um, I think it's just a producer mindset maybe. I yeah. used to have it and then I kind of lost it because I wanted to be more. Right. There's, there's people, it's, it's good to produce a show because then you can trade for spots. Even if it's a bad show. But I think the the energy spent there trying to get people to come out, get everybody booked, try to figure out their schedules, them canceling on your you. energy changes to yeah. a different you, then you're you're an organizer rather than working on your stand up. Right. Right, right, right. Instead of just trying to get shows and letting other people worry about that. How did you start writing comedy? Like in what format, I mean? Was oh, it the one-liners? I did what would be called kind of Echoes Under Sunset type stuff. More like a Telston. Do you know a Telston? Uh-uh. I read jokes off of Laffy Taffy Candy. It was very avant-garde, like doing silly like puppet stuff. Because <laughs> I just thought it was, like I went to Berkeley, and I'm like, oh, avant-garde is very funny to me. Uh and that's what I did. And I probably didn't want to be myself either. And that was probably a problem. That's so funny because right I'm, before I left Tallahassee to move to L.A., yeah. um, a friend of mine said, hey, you know what you should really do is just put a smoking jacket on, sit on stage, and read Laffy Taffy jokes. And it always stuck in my mind. And all of right? a sudden, it's I a meet great you. Bit. 
<laughs> and it killed. You know what? It killed. It killed. I could go anywhere with that, and it would just do well. Oh, well, that's good well. to know. <laughs> you can just go do it. And it's fine. People like those types of jokes, actually. Oh. Any topics uh, of, of jokes that you you hear a lot of, and stuff you'd rather hear more of, or stuff you would hear like to hear more of? Do you ever you ever like oh this the marijuana jokes? Oh, they all seem to be uh, very similar. I hate jokes about song lyrics. Like rappers' song lyrics, I think those are the worst jokes ever. Because <laughs> they're like, "Well, does he really think that?" It's a metaphor. The song is a metaphor. He's speaking in metaphors. Like, what do you want him to just say? Like, "I'm, I'm just rich. I'm rich. I'm rich." Like, he can't just repeat that. He's got to explain how he's rich <laughs> in a new way. You don't want Bob Dylan to sing like a Rolling Stone. It's just like, "I'm just a dude who moves a lot." Like, it's just. A, I think that's exhausting because it is. It's already in metaphor. Like, it's like it's high. It's hyperbole and. Or hyperbole and exaggeration and people are like taking it seriously yeah but that's not the point of the song right like yeah maybe kanye means that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe pretty, right but pretty bluntly it just seems but those jokes always work <laughs> like, do they yeah I've seen is it, it just because it's that relative with it like if i make a kanye if i make a kanye uh uh, uh lyric joke and I do it right, it's just going to get the laugh because everybody so knows Kanye's music. Or yeah, I think I think it's because they're also, the lyrics are very silly. The joke writes itself because they say what it is and then that's the premise. Is something that somebody else wrote and they're just doing kind of an act out of his lyrics. So you don't, you're, I'm sorry to change so dramatically uh, back to, I, I uh, digress. You don't smoke weed. You're not no. a weed smoker. You don't, you, you don't smoke no. weed to help write jokes. You don't. No, I'm not fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sound like such a square right now. Add it to your set. <laughs> I did it one time in college. Once. And I, I did it with my ex-girlfriend at the time, but I was trying to win her back and show that I was cool because this guy was also smoking weed with her, the other guy she was seeing. Dirtbag. Uh, and then they they basically became potheads, and they, their, their personalities completely changed. His was already much like that, but then she just kind of got a little... I don't want to say slower, but just different. Assimilated almost to him. Yeah, very... There's just people that start smoking weed and that's all they talk about. People that smoke cigarettes don't talk about smoking cigarettes. They just <laughs> they just smoke cigarettes because they need it. They know that other people don't like it. But weed, I guess because there's so many different highs that you can get from it and strains and it's more like wine rather than, well, I guess craft beer. It's more like wine than like pe- people don't discuss vodka very often. Not in your circles. No I'm kidding. Well, yeah, I was, I was just thinking about who would. I don't have a group. I don't have a good metaphor for it. Yeah, there's a street in West Hollywood where they do that. No, I'm it has to be. There's yeah. probably some big vodka lovers out there, but it's not as common. Right. I'm right, sure right. there's some people that talk about how different cigarettes. But you grew up in an area where you're kind of watching this firsthand of seeing it go from not being legal, growing up in Chino and stuff, not seeing it legal to right in your backyard. It's slowly become more accepting, more legal. It's definitely proliferated since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that it's legal, I know friends that just have it all the time. And so, does that bother you? Did you do, so nothing? Nothing anybody does bothers me uh-huh. for the most part. With drugs, you just do it. 
Like I have friends that are alcoholics. I think I connect more with them than somebody that smokes weed. Because so, you do you drink? No, I don't drink either. I'm super square. Wow, straight edge. I did like some anti-anxiety meds for a while, but I'm off those again. I go on and off those. But you're relatively, uh, yeah, you don't use any substances to... Yeah, I even try to stay away from caffeine. Is there a, uh, like a, an idea behind that or like a, um, what am I saying? I just, uh, I, I don't Not know. I'm, just, I don't like know. I'm searching for meaning right, in something right. that... Don't, th- don't think I'm mad at you. I don't know why I don't do it. People have been, but people are always like, well, you should smoke. You should do these drugs. It's very, and I... I'm sure I'd have a wonderful experience with it. But? When does that end? I, I would worry about just, okay, this is another thing I do now. And sometimes it does, you'll go smoke weed instead of doing something else. Right? Absolutely correct. Like, and you've seen people... There's an idea that like people are like, it doesn't make you lazy. But I've seen it make lazy people a lot. <laughs> I've seen it like, just, it doesn't destroy their lives. But it does make them less productive. Uh, and it makes their conversations less interesting. Is it, what do you think there's going on through their head that's, ma- or not going on through their head? You think it's just blank? Or, or it's like a, what do you call it? Uh, are they absolutely Well, I always think that like people, when they smoke weed now, it's not they're smoking weed and doing something. It's just smoking weed. Sometimes they'll turn on the TV or they'll go and have an experience on weed. But I guess there's writer's rooms that smoke a lot of pot. I don't know, but like, I, I just haven't, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know enough about it. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody who smoked and you didn't? No. There was, um, I, st- I don't like the smell. It made my throat hurt. Uh, I don't like headaches. And but- I, I kind of got a headache from when I did it. I have asthma. I don't like any like smoke in my lungs. I have a lot of weird reasons for it. No, it's all it's all encompassing though. It all makes sense. I mean, to me, uh, I again, my friend Andrew on the podcast recently told me he was like, you know, the number one people that always ask me uh, why I don't do something are potheads. Potheads are the number one people. You don't see alcoholics going, hey, why are you drinking? Why aren't you? Dr-? You don't see you know meth heads coming up. Hey, why are you smoking this bowl? Um, but for some strange reason, potheads like myself are always yeah. like, so why don't you do this? Oh, my God, it's so weird. I can't believe you're not smoking. It's it's the... Well, if you had negative experiences with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but enough positive ones to... Right, right. And... Uh, to disregard that. Yeah. I. But the negative ones have been very strong, too, because I wouldn't be doing a podcast about trying to get away from oh weed. so you're trying to quit it's a yeah this part uh it's it's a transition from pothead to sobriety but why why are i'm so i'm always looking for other you just things. want a reason to keep doing it or not to a strong enough reason not to like <laughs> yeah. i don't know i'm doing all right <laughs> yeah what's wrong what's is it really affected your life that much to where you want to quit i just don't think i'm as like you said i don't think i am as productive i heard it's just do, do coke or do adderall or something like that okay so my first i wrote 30 minute uh a 30 minute special on two adderalls in three nights and did not sleep that's how much adderall hits me like i'm see such... yeah yeah i saw your eyes your eyes light up when you talk about it <laughs> <laughs> they do because i'm scared of it that's a scary drug to me that's the one that makes me nervous like if i were to take adderall we'll take 
How about this? Take take one fourth of what you took and write fifteen minutes. <laughs> I actually started in college and I didn't stop and I haven't stopped since. And uh Were you out in college? Uh yeah. I came out when I got out of the military. When I got out of the Air Force, I told my parents, I was like, uh, I'm either gonna go to school Did and- you find out when you were in the military? No, I've always known. Okay. I was like okay. six, and I was like, I like <laughs> Steven been, up the hill. That would have <laughs> been amazing if you found out while you were in the military. It's hot in the desert. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just boning in Iraq. Well, I had that experience. I went to an all-boys high school, and like I questioned my sexuality the entire time I was there. It was very... Because uh, you're just surrounded by them. And I had experimented when I was younger... So did that build an anxiety in your mind? Because Oh, you yeah. Had- it was a total anxiety. I had that for about some 15 to, say, 22, where I, like, I wanted – I was sad every day because I would check myself constantly. And I didn't think people would be okay with it. Were you sexually attracted to guys at all? or uh, There was like one dude that I thought was attractive. I was, I was very low on the spectrum and still am. I never really did anything. I came out to people and then I invited the one guy over. I put my head on his shoulder and like he didn't want to do anything. And then ever since then, like I haven't had like super charged feelings about it. About guys. Yeah. Because girls who <laughs> seem to have some charged feelings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's just sex in general. <laughs> but, um, or at least when I was growing up, bisexual wasn't as thrown around as it is now or like, oh, that's a real thing. I don't think bisexuals have had their time in the light yet. I think transgenders are beating bisexuals. Well, bisexuals is just not interesting. I think. Oh, I think transitioning to another gender is like on a whole nother world of interesting. Real quick. Uh, yeah. Do you think marijuana should be legalized or not? Yeah, it should be legal. Por qué? <laughs> well, you look at what it's done for Colorado and tax money and some of that went to public schools. I think that's good. And there's the medical uses of it can be extraordinary and they don't know where that ends really with marijuana or like the research they keep digging into it and they find new stuff yeah like if you need it yeah absolutely you should have it it doesn't bother me that much i don't appreciate the smell all that much but if it makes you feel better what do i care just stop talking to me about it and smoke your marijuana and then come out and try to act like a normal person in society. <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't come out and like start talking about how you do it all the time. It's just a drug. Whatever makes you guys happy, whatever makes you guys happy, just do it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but stop telling me <laughs> how great it's made your life. But you're unemployed. Just don't, <laughs> don't tell me how great it makes. Like, I want really famous people who have made it to tell me how great marijuana is. Do you have anything you want to promote? I have a new podcast. <gasps> what is that? <gasps> Look at you. You're so excited. Uh, it's called The Eulogy Show. I have people on and we give them a living funeral. Uh, and their friends uh, record little eulogies or stories about that person and what they meant to them. And I cut it all together and it. You kind of get a sense of who that person is. Oh, like in uh, Empire Records. Yeah. Oh, I want I, one. I, I, oh, I'm not, no, I don't mean to you, ask. It's you, like, that's like asking to like go to somebody's wedding. It's like, oh my God, you're getting married. I Can mind. I come? Here's the thing. I don't mind when people ask about this one. Okay, cool. Because it's 
uh, I don't have to know you to do it. I mean, I can just have your friend speak, and that's just as good for me. Living Funeral. What's it called? Uh, the Eulogy Show, Funerals for the Undead. And this is online? It's online. It's on iTunes. You already have a couple out already. There's two out right now. It, how do you... No, it's for after this. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't run, out of, don't run out of battery. Why don't you write when you don't need money? Okay, I think I figured it out. I'm a pothead who only wants pot, and once he gets it, he loses all motivation and drive to continue to get anything else. Why do I even like pot? Because it reduces the feeling of guilt from those passing memories that make me go, ooh, audibly, and then adjust my shoulders. But it's really difficult to blame all of my issues on one sedative or one drug or something. It's a little weak and not very thought-provoking. So what else could it be? I don't know. But I won't know if I don't try, and it doesn't sound like me to not try something. So then I'm going to make a pact with myself. I will completely stop smoking weed by Christmas. And I'll have my last drink on Thanksgiving. Wish me luck. Thank you for listening to The Last Time I Smoked. I'd like to thank my guest today, Jake Cannon. You can find him and his work at whatihateaboutyoupodcast.com. Also on Twitter at Cannon underscore Jake. Music by The Losers. Gotta keep moving. Plush Goulash, Big Gay Water Fight. And Chris Zabriskie, The Temperature of the Air on the Bow of the Calitan. This has been a production of rockbottomartist.com.